You know, it's not every day you get to speak with the uh, CEO of a multi-million dollar profitable company. So I'm very grateful to have been able to talk to my guest today. The guest I spoke to today was Shiti Mangani, the CEO of Fine Satoshi Lab. Founded in 2021, Fine Satoshi Lab is a global gaming and development studio connecting players to Web3. Currently, the studio ecosystem consists of Steppin, the world's leading move-and-earn application, Gas Hero, their Web3 social strategy game, more the equitable NFT marketplace that prioritizes creators, and Door, a multi-chain centralized exchange. Through its platforms, the studio aims to onboard the next 100 million people in the Web3 space. Last year, Steppin reported profits of 122.5 million in the second quarter profits. Shiti herself is an award-winning business leader with 14 years of experience across 11 countries managing multi-million dollar projects. She's recently been appointed as the CEO to oversee the overall operations of Fine Satoshi Labs product suite. She is an electronics engineer and holds an MBA in marketing. She founded her own computer vision-based AI startup, which is among the top 50 startups in the UK at number 14, and in the top 100 health companies in the UK. Previously, she has worked towards launching Wall Street Journal's digital arm in India and building power brands at PepsiCo US. And man, so that's a lot of cool stuff, and I wish I had had three times as much time as Sheetty had had so I could have talked to her about so much more stuff. You know, 30-minute podcast, I'm grateful whenever I get anybody on, but it feels like we don't really get enough time to dig into things, and I love digging into things, so... It may feel like this goes a little faster compared to my other episodes, but that's because Shiti is very busy, and you know I appreciate that she was able to just give me even 30 minutes of her time to discuss things. Overall, we talk about some very interesting topics around Fine Satoshi Lab and the future of Web3 Gaming. Lastly, if you ever hear me repeat questions or there's hiccups, I just want you to know that's because sometimes we're talking to people who are in a very different places, and the connection is not always the best. And yes, I could edit those out and I could make it seem super professional and like nothing ever goes wrong. But I actually think it's better to show you that every episode has its faults and things don't always go as planned. And sometimes I ask my guests a question, they don't hear it, and I got to repeat the question. And there's nothing wrong with that. Podcasting is an art. Art is imperfect by nature. So don't worry if you're an aspiring podcaster if things don't go perfectly. They never, if ever, go perfectly for me when I'm doing any of my episodes. But it's part of being human. You just roll with it and it all works out in the end, you know? I hope everyone enjoys listening as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. My name is Matthew and I'm the Web3 Gamer. This is a quick reminder that gaming is supposed to be fun. You can enjoy it on your own or with a friend. You do not need to feel bad about enjoying your art out there in the time of this world. You can even be a productive member of society and still play a video game. You just got to learn to bounce it all out, buddy. It's all green lights, buddy. You just got to bounce out all that stuff. I'm telling you, man, you can do it. You can really do it if you put your mind to it. So don't forget, it's okay to play video games on your own or with a friend or just, you know, make sure you still have a job and do stuff. Don't just be killing your mom, Mason, you know, hey. Hello, hello, friends and gamers. I am Matthew Simone. I'm the Web3 Gamer, and I am here with Shitty, the CEO of Fine Satoshi Labs, correct? Hi, Matthew. Glad to be here. 
Welcome and thank you for being on the podcast. I know um, y'all are doing a lot there, and I know that uh, you've had a whirlwind of roles before you've come to be where you're at at um, Fine Satoshi's Lab. And I'm curious um, how your background led you to this point. Mm. Interesting. Yes, I've had a quite a journey and a very fulfilling career. So I started after my engineering and MBA in India um, in a classical marketing job. So FMCG marketing. Um, after that, I moved to the US in Chicago to work with Pepsi and I got to work on some cutting edge digital marketing stuff right from iris scanning um, to advertising studying to new forms of advertising in digital world. After that, I'd had my fill over there. So I moved to Europe, worked across France, Germany, Portugal, Spain, Italy, uh, pretty much the length and breadth of it. And then about 10 years ago, I came to UK. Um, I started with uh, the world's second largest bakery manufacturer, moved to 3D printing of food. So a common pattern there you would see is in intersection of technology, business and people consumer businesses um and then the bug bit me i wanted to do something on my own i'd always let small teams big goals big pnls and i wanted to just see if i could do this all by myself um so i started my own startup and that was about using ai for posture correction so using computer vision meaning it's just a fancy name computer vision just a fancy name for your lens on your laptop so using that how in the virtual world can we map the posture and we use 27 joints in human body to do that um, and and just like you did uh, anytime i would pitch my my startup people would just sit upright so <laughs> this was uh pre-covid and and Fortunately, uh, we caught the uh, tailwind of that. And, and then uh, after I exited out of that, I was looking for next uh, technology in fitness. And I came across um, Stepin. It was not an app back then. We were in test flight. And I approached the founders, understood their vision. Um, there was something about the product that was completely unique. That was very different from what existed in the market. So um, a few things like that. Everybody, every app wants to send you notifications. And one thing that as a user you don't want is notification. And there are certain nuances that in product format, I could very easily recognize both from my own startup building experience as well as my uh, product engineering experience. And I felt like this was the right space, right thing to do. Um, so I joined them and rest as they say is the history. Uh, we got listed on Binance. We were flipping Ethereum, Bitcoin on exchanges. We grew to 5 million users, millions of daily active users, uh, the biggest app in, in crypto and in crypto gaming for sure. So um, then we became this company, uh, Find Satoshi Lab, which I'm the CEO of now. And we launched multiple other products. So from Stepin grew our need to onboard more and more users. And I'm sure we'll talk about our other products in, in due course of the interview. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's interesting because you've had this unique background, but you in a way you've always had this, uh, like you said, those those intersections, but also of always being this um, 
it's almost like you have a, a high level viewpoint on things and then you're able to really narrow in that focus for the other people with yourself to help them find out what is the main what's their main goal what's their main audience what are they really trying to accomplish with their product with their company where do they want things to go and be taken and i think a lot of people who have startups as i'm sure you've met as well um have a hard time narrowing in what they want they have this great grand vision and idea but they don't know exactly how they want to hone it in or who they want to target they're like well obviously i want to target as many people as i can because i can sell as much of this as i can that's great more money means more business more business means more people in the door um, but sometimes that can be too much for certain people. So I'm curious with with Stepin um, and, and your previous like experience, how did you leverage that experience for uh, find Satoshi Labs visions in the Web3 space? Like to, how'd you find out to narrow in that vision? Mm -hmm. I find the biggest skill in the future is not AI, not blockchain. It's about learning and unlearning, right? We increasingly step into this age of hyper acceleration, um, what what everybody calls this technological singularity. Uh, so much like how singularity is an event horizon of black hole where beyond which you can't see anything, technological singularity is the point that human mind cannot comprehend. That with so much technological advancements happening right now, uh, we cannot really comprehend what will exist beyond. So in this day and age where every five years, every three years, new thing comes up, new languages come up in terms of technology, coding, etc. Old skills get increasingly outdated. The biggest skill is learning and unlearning. So you know how they say it's not AI that will take over. It's people using AI. So my skill, I believe, that has helped me is learning how to use technology while keeping technology in the backdrop. So when you and I talk, Matt, we're not sitting and wondering, oh, wow, what an amazing technology electricity is. But frankly, electricity runs pretty much our entire world, whether it's hospitals, education, infrastructure. Technology is important when it is in the background, when it fades away. With blockchain, we haven't arrived there yet, but that's inevitability. So how do we use blockchains for some things that they are innately useful for? So for example, micropayments of NFTs, um, transfer ledgers, um, using what we did with Stepin, with a unique business model where where payments were done on blockchain and NFTs, our digital NFT sneakers got people running more than real sneakers is what I say. So using technology in a way that benefits people with actions they are anyway doing in real life. So, so that we're not making solutions looking for a problem, but we are solving problems that people have. that and building teams that deliver that deliver according to business kpis is something that is uniform across what i've done well and do you feel because obviously as as we as you discussed Stepin has been a massive success i mean you all had immense profits in the last year uh, not many people can boast 122 and a half million profit um do you think 
all of these technological aspects you talked about with the with it are part of what made it have been such a key success to the achievement or do you think even without these you know technological capabilities it still could have been a massive success um sorry can you repeat that please so do you think with the key capabilities of all the technological aspects you discussed that would that still have made step in as much of a success as it is today had those capabilities not been in place you think you know let's just say take out if you took out the blockchain and nft aspects you still have the core aspect of what i believe sounds like people are getting paid for running or stepping similar to sweatcoin good question and and in your question lies the answer right so there are models like sweatcoin that have existed outside of blockchain however they have not been able to monetize slash incentivize the people in the way that stepin did right uh, i mean human mind uh, human nature is built to read a book on the beach it's not meant to run for five miles and give itself pain it is meant to eat a muffin and not an apple so we are wired in a way that we prefer to sit with inertia rather than run and one of the biggest reasons for activity sustained activity human exercise is a incentives b accountability and c community by incentives i mean such as the incentives that were given by stepin by accountability i mean like a gym instructor and last but not the least community i mean when you have your friends or people who who hold you accountable in certain way with stepin you kind of got all of them together so there were like-minded people running together physically in IRL space with blockchain tech we were able to give incentives enough to get this as in habit um, enough for adrenaline to kick in enough for people to make exercise part of their day so i would think that both in terms of product and community blockchain space gave us a lot um that we could we could build upon no that's fair well and so then too like you know i know a big goal for um fine satoshi lab is to onboard the next 100 million people into web3 and i'm wondering what what strategies are you all implementing to try and make that a reality right that's a great question so when we started with stepin we were still a small team we still are in fact but our ambitions were always that we want to onboard as many users as possible with stepin we sort of have learned the formula of how to get the community right how to get the product right and honestly those are the only two things matter product and community rest is just noise we build a right product ship it fast listen to the user feedback build it again listen to the user feedback and improve it again and that's a virtuous circle after that we started building platforms so imagine our governance token gmt at the center of this solar system and it is bound by both front end products and back end products front end products are the ones that actually interact with the users so stepin is one of them we've just launched another social game called gas hero which is again an onboarding vehicle once they are onboarded they have several needs such as nft swaps nft trades and therefore we built our own nft marketplace called more they have needs for swap and which is why we build our own decentralized exchange called door for our ecosystem and all of this value accrues back to gmt so by which i mean 1% liquidity fee on door vote and mint on more in gmt 
or mining and earning of GMT in Gas Hero or Stepin. All of this value accrual comes back to GMT. So the idea is that keep building out an ecosystem which onboards the users and gives them utility via GMT to services within our FSL ecosystem. So then was the reason you kind of built your own ecosystem to keep everything in place, was this a part of the tokenomics of, you know, GMT token, or was this a part of influence user engagement or uh, retaining users, or was it kind of a combination of all of these things? Absolutely, a combination of all of this. So the idea is leverage gaming. Gaming is something that we know best, founders, team, everyone. Build games and fun apps that can hook users in, that can give value to users. Once the users are onboarded, then we serve service all their needs, whether it's liquidity swaps, NFT trades, and increasingly so more as we discover whether it's social lifestyle and keep accruing value back to our token, yes. Wonderful. So then in terms of governance, uh, what, what innovative models is Fine Satoshi Lab exploring to ensure that there's a balanced and inclusive gaming environment for everyone? Yes. So with Gas Hero, we have adopted several strategies. For example, there is an auction house where users go in and mine um, NFT assets. We also have a pool which is comprised of trading fee and several um, game consumables. Uh, that's an auction pool. Uh, it's a prize, uh, in fact, over, if I remember on the last count, it's touching 1 million. Um, which will be then distributed to community. It is one of the highest auction price, highest price pools ever for community. Um, in fact, the total trading volume for Gas Hero has also uh, gone beyond 100 million US dollars. So um, it is partly because of user-generated content, user-generated designs of Gas Hero, and the way game is built for giving people voting power, elect electing their leaders so we have mayors leaders clans guilds districts the way game is designed to give people the very human needs of power fame glory through various uh, decentralized voting mechanisms um, that's keeping people hooked and, and has gotten us the numbers that it has Gotcha. So in a way, it sounds like um, user-generated content is not only being encouraged, but um, strongly utilized within your gaming platforms. And I'm wondering, are there other insights you can insights you can share on how it's being uh, generated, how it's being managed and encouraged within the system? Yes. So if you actually go on our uh, game, gashero.com, uh, the heroes that you see have actually been sourced by community designs. Um, oh. Yes, uh, and there was a there was a there was a phase of about six to eight months, or if I'm if I remember right, six to nine months, where we launched this contest in three phases, releasing our white paper in three tranches, and um, inviting users to create these heroes. That actually helped us build community. So not only was this win for um the product it was win for the community as well so it helped the the whole governance mechanics or the whole user participation um, helped us actually have a healthy community before we launched the product so we actually launched the game only in um in january so on on 3rd of jan 
and in the last two three weeks to, to have exceeded this kind of numbers and volumes on trading um, comes from the fact that we were able to build such a solid community on the back of user generated content so then it sounds you know not this is a i actually appreciate this, this is a good trope may not be the proper term here but it's a good trope in web3 to me that community is a very important thing with a lot of these studios with a lot of these games um there's always a high value on their community and so with that it sounds like community is very important to find uh find satoshi lab as well and you have this is just some of the mechanisms you've talked about that we can use that you've used to facilitate this user generated content but are there other plans in the pipeline? Are there other ways you want to continue to facilitate this to keep that user engagement high and retained? Uh, sorry, could you just repeat that? Sorry. I sure. Um, are there are there any ways? So community is very important for finding Satoshi Lab. Um, is there any other ways you plan to continue to um, any mechanisms or ways you plan to facilitate more user-generated content through the community other than what currently exists? Are there plans for things in the future that have yet to be released? So we have released some of the plans, but we do plan to build upon them. So for example, if you go visit our platform more.com, there are two properties that exist there. One is called GMT um, and one is called Fairmint. So a GMT is a tool which um, helps people generate NFTs designs and mint it on chain using more. Um, now this is completely user generated. Once they have minted the NFTs, they can actually sell it on more platform using another one of our properties called Fairmint, which is a basically, as the name suggests, it's a fair minting platform for everybody. So in a sense, you go from an idea to an NFT project in a matter of minutes. So um, we will build several properties around that. There is a very good contest that we're going to launch uh, in about two weeks. So probably around the time of the release of this podcast where um, uh, we will re release a Valentine's Day event on more platform. And this, and this is not released. So yes, that is uh, total alpha where users can participate. Um, the I cannot say more about the rules of this contest, or um, but it's called Shard of Shards of Hearts. So do follow our Twitter at, uh, at more official uh, or visit more.com m double o a r um, to learn more. Okay. Well, and so you know, it sounds like from your previous work too, you have some background or quite a bit of background in marketing. And I'm wondering, for approaching marketing strategies in Web3, how do you, specifically in the Web3 gaming world, how do you approach those differently, if at all, than you would, say, a marketing you approach for uh, PepsiCo, you know, which may not, at the time you were there, had anything to do with Web3 or any sort of Web3 campaigns going on? So one of the key differences in the marketing approach for these two is the direction of flow of information. So in Web2, there's still a lot of top-down approach. Yes, yes, with digital marketing, user feedback is taken into account, but essentially you have organization KPIs, organization budgets, which are then trickled down into what brands' budgets would look like, which are then trickled down into of those brand budgets, how much goes to celebrity endorsements, TVs, then how much goes into media, and then the campaigns are decided for each of the brands. So there is still a very top-down approach. Uh, brand life cycle is studied. What does the brand need? Does it need 
awareness does it need recall and so on and so forth and campaigns and tvcs are are decided based based that i mean till till even like seven eight years ago um digital marketing still used to be single digit percentage of the total marketing spends and i'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars um of course there's a growing recognition of what social media can do influencer advertising marketing instagram play a significant role um and that uh, is is where web3 marketing really lives that is core of web3 marketing where user and community is at the heart and the center of what your marketing approach should be uh, you don't have influencers you have founders and key members of the project who directly liaise with the community who directly are the voice and and this this has both good and bad Matt, because when everything works it works really well and the users sing praises and everybody's fan of you but the moment something goes even slightly wrong you get direct feedback and you should but one has got to have the right resilience and attitude to take that feedback in in the right spirit because internet as we all know gives the gift of anonymity to people and 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 therefore a certain degree of rudeness to all kinds of voices um but yes um strong solid feedback is based on which what marketing is built on which leads to different kind of tactics so one tactic is amas spaces many kinds of uh, these virtual formats where um, founders key project leaders key influencers can interact directly with big users second format is of course content all kinds of content right from twitter threads to blogs to um, user generated to visual to videos there's a plethora of it the third i would call is channels so whether you have discord whether you have twitter uh, I personally choose at the most two channels and really go hammering all in on those. If you're a startup, rather than choosing, and that's where again, sort of like big company versus Web3 differ, um, you can have wherewithal and team and resources to chase different channels, but you do end up splitting your audiences. Whereas if you here concentrate on one or two channels, which usually tend to be Discord, Telegram, uh, sorry, Discord and Twitter followed by Telegram. That works really well. And then the last tactic I would call, uh, I would um, touch upon is the regional approach, right? So often, especially in crypto and gaming, Asia also gives a lot of opportunities for regional audiences, right from Korea, Japan, Philippines, Taiwan, um, China, India in addition to the ex existing geographies, established geographies of um, um, markets of US, uh, Russia, um, Europe, which are very strong geographies, I mean, the Asian ones, and you can have a different strategy for each of these geographies, which these channels really cater well for. So um, Telegram groups, um, Discord groups, Discord channels, um, and last but not the least, which we have already touched upon, is the UGC one, where you give a lot of power back to community, a lot of um, voting power, both in terms of product, in gaming, as well as in marketing. It can work really well. So I, I hope I did justice to your question. No, you definitely did. Well, and I was going to note that, too, that I think um, user-generated content really fosters these long-term bonds between uh, player and developer. Whereas when the developer is kind of just simply giving you the game, um, that fosters a bond for a while for some players, but less for others. 
whereas user-generated content of being able to... I mean, when you when you look at some of the most successful just traditional games out there, uh, Minecraft, uh, Roblox, uh, Fortnite, um, people can go in and make uh, take the unique assets of the game and really create their own smaller miniature game, and that's where you see a majority of players. So I think it's a good thing to have, and I'm surprised that uh, more... Web3 games don't have it. They kind of do it more in the customization aspect as opposed to truly uh, being like mods or whatever way they want to integrate it into a line people to play. So I think it's an important thing, and I think it speaks for one of the reasons your community is so robust. But I'm also curious, before you even had the game, you know, some people unfortunately rely on FOMO, um, fear of missing out, or other um, not the best tactics. And I'm curious, what how do you build an audience for a game you don't have yet? What is your tactics there, you know? <laughs> if I tell you, I'll have to kill you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. So um, I think the, the UGC strategy worked pretty well for Gas Hero, um, where we invited the users to design the heroes themselves, so which were the main characters that sort of go and save in this apocalyptic world and post-apocalyptic world, and you sort of use them on the battlefield. Um, that worked really well, A, because it instilled a sense of belongingness for your hero, for your game, for the craft, for the narrative, for the lore. It, it, familiar, it familiarized you with the game world. It forced you to be, it forced you to read the white paper. It forced you to read the con content, the strategy. The, the game, I would say, is fairly, fairly um, involved. Uh, it's not like a Candy Crush kind of a game that you can just play. Uh, so when, when you start to get involved in the documents in the game world in the community you start getting involved in discord server you start chatting to other people that that has a different value you people either invest with their time or people invest with their money investment with money is very fickle especially in a speculative industry like blockchain and crypto investment with time is slightly more long lasting so a contest like ugc ensures that A, you've devoted your time, B, you've devoted your energy, uh, and C, now you're part of community. So UGC worked really well in establishing a community pre-product. Um, I would definitely advocate on people. What we did not anticipate is that we would be able to last the enthusiasm for these six months. So I think team did a spectacular job because all said and Matt, um, like five cycles get over here in two weeks. Um, in, in our space, right? So for us to have lasted as long as we lasted pre-product for six mm -hmm. months was definitely incredible in this space. Having said that, I mean, we learned from AAA games, right? AAA games stopped their marketing one, one and a half years ago um, yeah. because with the kind of graphics, the story, the lures, the production value, they kind of have to with so much money being invested. So we, we sort of looked at them and we learned from them and we felt confident that we could because that was also a novelty. Nobody had gone in like with nine months in a crypto game. You frankly see the announcements two weeks out. Um, so it's it's like sort of learning best of Web 2 and Web 3. The other technique that I've seen people do really is get people involved with their tokenomics. That, now that is sort of like hit and miss. You can use... Uh, NFT giveaways, you can use, again, based on white papers, quizzes, Discord, moderation, um, forming community and people who actually discuss strategy or look forward to what is coming next 
for the game is it is the holy grail the idea is to not reveal too much and reveal just enough for people to keep getting hooked and excited and looking forward to what's coming all great advice so then looking at the broader picture what trends do you see if any shaping web3 gaming for the next few years it sounds like user-generated content is a big you're a big proponent of it and one of the big ones is there anything else that immediately comes to mind in community building for sure in product and gaming i would say the entertainment value uh, like I mentioned, you can either invest with your time or you can invest with your money. Money part, monetization part, financialization part has been overdone in crypto games, frankly. I think it's now time to also start thinking about how we get people to invest with their time and energy, how we actually build quality games. Yes, one of the biggest constraints when it comes to crypto gaming is crypto itself, is the blockchain infrastructure. I mean, just with simple maths, if you were to think that simple game like a chess, like chess, it had to be put on blockchain and, and you have 65 by 65, it, it would just mean like um, with as many moves per, per, per second, you can get no more than 2000 players uh, per minute. And that's nothing. Like if you go on stream and stuff, you have hundreds of thousands of players playing online at the same moment, if not millions. So with blockchain, that is one constraint, but as L2s kick in, as roll-ups kick in, as we have new clients coming on L1s and uh, new levels of TPS being achieved, I think it's just a matter of time that that constraint gets unlocked for us. And then it's really down to the entertainment value. It's really down to the quality of our UI UX. It's really down to our graphics. It's really down to the gaming skill and how well, how tight our community is. Yeah, no, definitely. That That's all wonderful things. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, so I only have one more question for you. And that really is, you know, as a leader with extensive experience across various industries, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs looking to make their mark in the Web3 space? I would say just get involved with the ecosystems and get your hand, get your hands dirty. If it's marketing that you like to aspire to do, just start writing a blog and market it. Just write, start writing Twitter threads and market it, right? Build proof of work first. If it's product or engineering that you're looking for, start coding your first blockchain app yourself. Um, like build your CV with your work and there's enough and more talent and requirement that is needed in the space. Uh, we at FSL are always looking for talented people. So if you're really interested to work with us, go check out our career page as well. So um, wishing all them the very best. Wonderful. I couldn't agree more about just getting involved, getting started and giving things a shot and seeing where it takes you. Well, uh, sh shitty. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for everything you're doing with Step In with Gas Hero at Fine Satoshi Lab. I wish you all nothing but the best. Thanks, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Well, friends, that's another episode down. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would really appreciate you rating it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you can rate and wherever you listen to and get your podcast. It would mean the world to us and help get this podcast to people who truly are involved in Web3 gaming, blockchain, and cryptocurrency and want to learn more and stay on top of these emerging technologies.
If you have any queries, want to reach out about any collaborations or advertisements, as well as want to reach out with any improvements you think we could make on the podcast, please email us at theweb3gamer at proton.me. We would love to hear from you and take every response very seriously. Take care and keep gaming, my friends.